Hello. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. My name is Sergio. With me today is my good friend and host of Shellheads, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How have you been? Hi, Sergio. Are you doing an ASMR thing or are you on drugs? I'm just trying something new. Usually, I come in with a lot of energy. Are you saying... Today, it's just chill. (laughs) Well, knock it off. (laughs) It's annoying. (laughs) All right, that's fair. Yeah. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing rather well, Sergio. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Just just bathing in Ninja Turtle stuff. I mean, that's a weekly thing. That's Um, true. So, so, uh, hey... so my son goes, he, he, he has a lot of therapies uh, because he's behind in a lot of stuff. You know, he's a baby and whatever. One of the, the therapists came to the house today and uh, she walked in and she was like, oh, you got a pretty neat house. And she didn't see the giant Ninja Turtles like shelf with all of my stuff on it. And when she rounded the corner and saw it, she was like, oh, wow. How long have you been collecting? And like, apparently she's a fan, which is really cool. Not of us, but of, you know, Ninja Turtles. Well, did you plug the cast? No. I'm oh, a, I'm a fool. Bad Sergio. I'm a fool. Sorry. Uh, she also was like, you got a lot of video games. We can have a game night. And I'm like, yeah, I do have a lot of video games. Thank you. Yeah. It was a nice ego stroke. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? <laughs> I got nothing after that. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's really been a big Ninja Turtles week when it comes to like news and new stuff, but we do have segments because we that's do. what we that's what we do here. Segments. What's the first one? It's time to see what's in Sergio's box. They got me again, Jeff. Oh no! Target got me again. Ah, uh, what they do now? I got I got two more two more things. And uh, these, I don't even know why I bought them. I already had these figures. These are just two different variants that I thought were cool. Uh, I got the last Ronin, like the red one. I can't remember what the actual name of that stupid thing is. Ooh. I got the red last Ronin. uh, And I got the black and white Usagi Ojimbo. Ooh. Yeah. The the, the one that we initially thought was going to only be on Stan Sakai's website. Well, that one was signed. That one was signed. This one is not signed. Right. Uh, And I do respect that it is not labeled with Ninja Turtles at all, I don't believe. That's very cool. Yeah, it's not branded Ninja Turtles at all. So it's it's a licensing deal specifically with Stan Sakai. Well, look, I know you're not a big Usagi fan, but there's one thing that you do have to acknowledge and give props to. The man has controlled his property so incredibly well. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, you cannot say that for a lot of creators like Ben Edlin, who is the creator of The Tick. He's been involved literally in every iteration, the comic, the 90s cartoon, both live action series. Again, you you can't name that many you know things that have had creators 
heavily involved in multiple iterations. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you could have said that about Ninja Turtles until 2009 when Nickelodeon bought them. Right. Yeah. Usagi is owned by a dude. And at some point, that's going to change. Yeah. At some point. We don't know when. But you, do, you think, do you think he just sells it to, to Nickelodeon? I doubt that. He doesn't seem like that kind of dude. That it that that literally might end with him. Like I could see him maybe ending the run. Well, does he have kids? I'm not sure. Because I I'm not you know trying to wish this into existence, but he does have to pass away eventually. Yeah. You know, even if it is 20 years from now, like who gets Usagi? If it's his kids, then the kids. Like a lot of, uh, you know, music artists, they're like, let's just sell it to somebody and make all the money. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. But either way, it's it's cool. You know, my previous complaints about it stand where it's just a repaint of the cartoon figure. I would have loved to see one that is more comic accurate. Right. But you know what? I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Did you ever find you found a Mac? Did you not? Uh, no. Oh, Mac has not been released yet. I don't believe. Yeah, the big robot guy. N- no, that was Rex. Rex. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm, we talked about Rex last time. Mac, I believe, is coming. I think we've seen Mac. Have we? Okay, I meant Rex. Yeah, I got a Rex. Did you see any extras? Not that had a box you would be okay with. I mean, at this point, I'd just open the guy. <laughs> well, I'll let you know if I see any that that are damaged because I've been seeing them, but they're all beat up. And I'm like, oh, stop yeah. beating up Rex's people. Stop it. <laughs> um, But that's what's in Sergio's box. What's next? And now it's time for Secret of That News. Kind of a light week. Yeah, it was a little smattering of stuff. Like it's usually, you know, it's like, oh, so much figure news, blah blah. No, this is just these are kind of weird. Some of these are kind of weird. So let's just let's start off with some some simple stuff. Funko, uh, you know, the company behind the wildly popular and or the declining in popularity pop figure uh, lines. Yeah. They just announced that we are getting a last Ronin Funko Pop Soda. Soda Pop, I guess. Yeah, Soda Pop. Yeah. Comes in a little soda can. Uh, there's a limited number of them. Uh, there are chases that are black and white. And I have all of the other Ninja Turtle soda things. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and pre-ordered this from Entertainment Earth. Because right now it's... Out of stock on Big Bad Toy Store. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's odd. Um, what do you think of this? I think it looks great. Um, you know, it was likely just a matter of time you know, before they did it. Yeah. Um, looks a little... <laughs> well, I mean, it looks a little goofy, but, you know. <laughs> it looks like... What a Ninja Turtle would look like if he was in Assassin's Creed. 
Exactly. Ooh, I'd play that. Oh, we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the hood being up on him makes it look more Assassin's Creedy than they probably uh, intended. Yeah. Uh, what this tells me is Funko has the license to do this. We are probably going to get a standard pop figure at some point. They may wait for the game. They may just release it later this year. Who knows? Yeah. But it'll probably happen. Right. Uh, so look look for uh, that being in Sergio's box soon. Yeah. Uh, what's next, Jeff? Well, we've got a Calbunga Collection uh, patch update. Um, so they're always, you know, trying to, you know, improve stuff and, you know, as companies, you know, do with their, you know, releases, uh, they have added additional online play for Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project. Not sure why, but sure. Let's go ahead and do that. Wait, Um, whoa, 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 slow down. Why would you not want that? I don't know. It'd be great if they could have four players on there instead of two, but... Well, the original game only had two. Well, this is true, but it would have been cool if there was a way to, you know, make that happen. Maybe, I guess. Yeah. But uh, even I, like, I'm happy that they're doing this, because there's no way I'm going to play that in person with anybody. I'm probably not going to play online either, but, like... (laughs) (laughs) But, like... Either way, I'm not doing it. It being an option, it seems like a no-brainer, especially if the other games have it. Yeah. like what, man- was weird, what was weird to me was that the Genesis version got online before the Super Nintendo one, which is the more popular version. But I believe it has it now. Wait. Of what game? The Hyperstone Heist got online play first, and then uh, Turtles in Time got online play okay okay sorry i was still talking about the manhattan project yeah sorry i jumped over okay yeah like the the, i played a lot of the manhattan project as a kid uh because i didn't go to arcades much i played the nintendo games so i have real fond memories of all the um special moves you can do oh yeah it's arguably the best out of the nes versions i yeah yeah i can i can say that um, can you imagine any other updates they would do to the Cowabunga collection? Uh, well, I actually have this handy dandy list. Um, they've added additional art to behind the scenes uh, in the Turtles layer, including uh, Kevin Eastman's uh, original illustrations created for the Cowabunga collection. Um, additional ads added to the magazine advertisements in the Turtles layer. And invite feature uh, was fixed uh, for the Nintendo Switch version. Um, and so that's about all that I've uh, seen uh, for that. That Well, that that wasn't my question. <laughs> oh, you meant like in general, in general? Yeah. What else, like, they, like, what else at, could they do? You, you've definitely played a lot more of this than I have. Yeah. So. Is, are, are are there any like omissions that you're like they should add to this? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, for for those of our listeners who did not grow up in the era of when these came out, um, 
they would cover, you know, didn't have the internet. So how would you learn about stuff? You found it in game magazines, like game pro electronics, gaming monthly Mm -hmm. game fan, Nintendo power, you name it. Um, and so, you know, some uh, magazines would have uh, like little comics or they would have a walkthrough guide for some stuff, which I believe some of that stuff's included. Um, but, you know, it would be nice to like – and we'll never get it, but the the Nintendo Power like crossover with Nestor, uh, that would be cool to see. But, you know, we'll never get that. You'll have to find that online somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not sure what else they could add. Uh to this already, you know, stellar collection, except yeah. commercials, they, yeah. they probably won't do that. Yeah, yeah. Like the only other thing that I could see them possibly doing, but it would be a, a really large overhaul, uh, is to reformat the game into like a documentary, much like the Atari Fifty. Oh, yeah, that's a good set. Yeah. But the the way Atari 50 is built is like a like a documentary. Like mm-hmm. it, it, there's there's a lot of people who give you know testimonials on you know what ha- you know what happened during the development all, of all these tiny little Atari games, and it's formatted like a timeline. Mm-hmm. So that's a possibility, but I don't see it actually happening. That that, that sounds like a lot of work for a game that's been out for a while. You know. It, really does and that would be an amazing update um i would even love to see if there was like you know behind the scenes video that was shot i doubt it but if there's footage out there that would be so cool to find um like putting the arcade cabinets together or you know putting the carts together doing you know whether it be like uh, them you know doing presentation you know in japan about making the game whatever that would be really nice to have. Um, yeah. That just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Uh, well, we also have a lot. We have more news. We do. I'd like uh, to see them add, you know, music to the, the menu that actually was, you know, relevant to the collection and not have to 2K3 freaking theme in there. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Still sour. Yeah, a little bit, and add the original theme to the arcade game. That's if they don't if they didn't do it for the initial release, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. Yeah, probably not. Um, what's next, Jeff? Uh, well, so a um a Dover, New Hampshire resident uh, is raising money to create a Ninja Turtles landmark. Yeah, this is. This is a noble uh, quest. Like, there should already be one. Yeah, because they, they, they tore down the house that they were living in. Well, not right away. <laughs> <laughs> the, yes, the, the, they allowed them to move out first. <laughs> yeah, was it, okay. The, the more uh, Okay, let me correct myself. They tore down the house that they used to live in when they were working on the books um, and whatnot. I think that they should have, like, deemed it a historical landmark um instead that, that of that might be asking a bit much i mean they're gonna turn it into a museum or something i mean come on well that that's on whoever owns the property yeah and shame on whoever that was shame <laughs> uh 
but at the very least, you, you know how there's like little historical, you know, landmarks that are basically just a sign with a bunch of like a paragraph of text explaining why this spot is significant. Yes. At the very least, they need that. Agreed. And I think that's really part of what this is shooting for. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you're in Dover, you shouldn't be able to just walk past where the Ninja Turtles were created without seeing something telling you, hey, this spot's important. And I, I fully support this. It's let's see to contribute to the Dover landmark project. Check out Lane's Indie Gogo page. So it, it is a an Indie Gogo page that is currently about halfway to its goal, or a little over halfway to its goal. That's great. Yeah, uh, he's raising thirteen thousand dollars. He's got seven thousand six hundred dollars raised. So I, I might be contributing to this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a shell heads. This is cool. Uh, and if you would like to contribute, uh, check these show notes on. Uh, I, I don't know how well these show notes translate over to Spotify and iTunes, but you can definitely check the show notes out at realitybreached.com. Indeed. Um, what's the next one? Next one. Um, well, you guys remember that we were doing uh, a spotlight on the uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird interviews. Uh, this time, it's Dan Berger from the Comic Lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't finished it. Uh, I've, I've got I got over halfway, and it starts real tough. Really. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's just very abrupt. And it's like, hey, we've got Dan Berger. Here's some questions. Go. And it, it's just very uncomfortable up at, at the top. But if you give it about 10 minutes, they get deep into some stuff that no one ever asks about in interviews. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, they, they start talking about volume four, uh, how he was involved in uh, the production of tales volume two the writing process the, the 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 production process of certain artists and writers getting priority over others and you know peter laird's um approval process it's it, just let it marinate you may have to sit through a few minutes of uncomfortable interview but they get to some good stuff well that's good yeah uh the good stuff not the uncomfortable part <laughs> yeah yeah and look we've interviewed people i'm sure the first five minutes of those are also uncomfortable so i'm not, I'm not necessarily throwing this dude under the bus uh interviewing's hard but it, he they definitely get to some stuff that historically speaking is relevant to a very specific part of the turtles history what we call uh phase two mm-hmm. and phase two just doesn't get talked about enough not anymore yeah uh, it's on YouTube again. Uh, that's at the Comic Lounges, like the, the Comic Lounge. Uh, that page, I'm sure it's one of his newest videos. Or I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, that's a good time. Yeah. Oh, uh, do you want to take the next one? Yeah. Uh, we're going back to more figure news. Um, 
if you remember, uh, we had talked about the loyal subjects doing some IDW uh, turtles figures. Uh, we got a sneak peek at the Shredder and Donatello and Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. So, yep. <laughs> they all got their angry mouths on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I, I, I don't have... like the angry faces, but I mean, I get it. It's something different than just goofy Michelangelo all the time. But I'm like, ooh, he's so angry. Uh, yeah, I, I have real mixed feelings about all of this. Why? Just me and you, we have literally on this podcast said, man, we should get some IDW figures. Those would look awesome. Right. Like that's that's a thing we've said out loud. Yeah. And we're getting them like someone heard heard the request and they're making them. But it's the loyal suspects or sub the loyal, the loyal subjects in their best action line. And they would not be on the top of my list of companies that I want to tackle this. They're just a they're just above Playmates and probably just below um, Super 7. Mm hmm. But I don't know. Like they look okay. We we talked about Raph and, and Leo already. They they're just they're so aggro, and I don't think Mateus Santaloco's art is as aggro as these figures are. I mean, you're probably right. Um, but if they have interchangeable heads, which uh, which I would imagine that they would, that would be good. Yeah. That would help a lot. Yeah. Um, the Shredder looks wonderful. He does. Uh, I, I, obviously, we can't speak to the quality of the figures. We haven't gotten them in our hands. We, they haven't hit stores. These are prototype images, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we go by the quality of the previous best action stuff, it, it'll probably be good enough to sell and buy but not good enough to be like man look at this mm-hmm. somewhere in between those two opinions uh, are, do you plan on getting these or have any idea of you know getting them i'm right i mean they don't look horrible they don't look you know like something that you got off wish you know <laughs> their their figures are you know i think they're pretty good uh you know, decent, you know, for what you get, um, especially the, you know, the, the Krang, uh, Android body, which is one of my favorites. Uh, I don't Mm -hmm. have it yet, but I'm working on it. Um, I mean, you know, they're definitely better than, than playmates have been. Yeah. Hmm. And I definitely don't need those motorcycles. If 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 I can get these figures without the motorcycles, that would be ideal. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. It's a step in the right direction. I'll I'll give it that. Yeah. We have one more piece of news, Jeff. Take it, Sergio. Yeah, it's it's more figure news. Um, the as we all know, there is a new Turtles movie coming later this year. Uh, called Mutant Mayhem, and we've seen we've seen the figures. They are from Playmates, and they're there's some Playmates figures. I'll give them that. Uh, yeah. 
in the trailer of the movie, we see a quick glimpse of some turtle tots, mm-hmm. some baby turtles, uh, or might I say, four baby turtles. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, of course, because Playmates likes money, they are releasing a couple of turtles tots, turtle tots, two packs. Uh, they're of, let's see, the, one of them is Leo and Donnie. The other is Raph and Mikey. And they have their their little weird designs on little small bodies. They're, as expected, adorable. What do you think? <laughs> I think they look great. <laughs> you see Raphael, he a chunky butt baby. <laughs> oh, he is. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a thick boy. Um, I don't know if it's just the reflection of the image, but he almost kind of looks like, like a chunky Kermit the Frog. Yes, yes, he, it looks like a big-chinned Kermit the Frog. It's, it's pretty great. Leo looks like Kermit the Frog, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and so does Donnie. Yeah. Kermit the Frog with glasses. Yeah, that's that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, these are cool. I, it look, go ahead. Mikey looks like E.T. <laughs> oh, he yes, he does. <laughs> so... Yeah, they, they, these things are so weird. I love them. Uh, yeah. It looks like they're only going to be at Target. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, there's a Target here. It's it's interesting that Target is getting Playmates exclusives now. It it seems uncomfortable. Yeah. Because those have typically been, like, Walmart, Walmart things. Uh, but I approve these. Not that they needed my approval. Well, I mean, you know. Sure. Also, I am fully on board for this movie, which a lot of people are not. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, but as it's, someone who is on board for the movie, it's comforting to see these adorable little action figures. Yeah. I mean, look, you're going to get it with any any fandom that, you know. I just said we're not talking about it, Jeff. We're not talking about it. Celebrating the turtles today, Jeff. Uh, and that does it for news. Does it? Oh, oh, no, no. Um, uh, I have a, a, a small piece of news. It's not really news, but it's something that I that I, I stumbled upon on the Internet yesterday and I put okay. it on our on our Instagram page. It's a Swedish uh, version of the Archie TMNT Adventures comic book from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Some dude like he had remembered seeing a picture of three turtles that weren't the turtles that we know and love. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying to find more information on it. Well, I did a, a I did a, a, a dive into Google and other websites and I was able to uncover some cool like stuff from the nineties. It was basically a, in the Swedish version of TMNT adventures. They had a contest that was create your own turtle. And kids wrote in with, you know, descriptions of the turtle, like what masks they had, what weapons they had, what their personality was like. And there were three winners chosen. The turtles are Picasso, Vincent, and Salvador. Okay, carrying on that uh, Renaissance theme. Uh, Well, they're not all Renaissance artists, but they're artists. Uh, I mean, sounds like Renaissance stuff. (laughs) 
like the, the cool like the coolest part of this is once they decided who the winners were, Ken Mitch Rooney, Mitch Rooney, he actually drew the three turtles. That's awesome. Yeah, you can check it out uh, if you if you jump over to our Instagram page uh, and some the the dude who was looking to figure out, you know, where these came from actually tagged him in, in you know, in his post and was like, hey, Ken, did you draw these? It looks just like your art. And he was like, yep, I drew them. I have no idea why. Back then, we used to get all kinds of uh, work, like you know, side work like this. But, yeah, that was me. So he wow. doesn't even recall what they're for. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, IDW. <laughs> like, I would love to stumble upon, like, like Swedish fan fiction starring these three oddball turtles. You heard it here first. Any mm-hmm. of our Swedish listeners, you know, <laughs> if there's some of that stuff out there also. Yeah, it's a it's a cool little thing. Check it out. Uh our our buddy uh, Philip at Offbeat actually translated it via Google Translate, so it's awesome. Yeah, like all of the all of the text is basically just the descriptions of the turtles and their their personalities. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, uh, let's jump over to our oh yeah main topic time. I got sidetracked there in my brain. It's main topic time, but first, it's time for a break. Coming soon to your earwaves, a franchise that has action figures from Playmates Toys, a animated series executive produced by Fred Wolf, a theme song written by Chuck Lorre. There, hideously deformed creatures of superhuman size and strength. They're ugly, but they still get girls. That's right, Tromdillians. It's time for the Lloyd Kaufman-approved Toxic Crusaders podcast. Diving into the animated series, the toys, the video games, and more. Coming soon to a Tromaville near you. Crusaders, it's cleanup time! And we're back. Wasn't that a great break, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. I am nice and rested and ready to talk about the original 1987 cartoon. If you missed who our sponsor was for this episode, it's brought to you by RelaxoVision. <laughs> no, we actually have a commercial this time. Do it's, we? It's, it's it's an unpaid commercial spot, but uh, it's it's for Russ's Toxic Avengers podcast. Nice. Yeah. Or is it Toxic Crusader? Which one? Which one is it? 
It's both. It's both? It's see. not. It, I'm aware of both of those things. It's Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. Uh, and I had a bunch of those toys when I was a kid. I think my mom just bought them thinking they were Ninja Turtles. That Yeah, that looks accurate. Yeah, that, that tracks. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can follow that on uh, Twitter at Tox Crusaders Pod. Tox Crusaders Pod. And apparently it's uh, approved by Lloyd Kaufman. Hey, I mean, that's the main guy himself. Yeah, so good job, Russ. Let, let's talk about the 87 cartoon. We have finally made it to season five. Uh, we, we've The hardest is behind us, Jeff. Oh, see, we haven't gotten to the European vacation seasons yet, so no, that's not right. Well, the hardest and the best are two different metrics. Are like you the saying hardest the and the worst season is the best? No, I'm just saying there's only 27 episodes in that season. Oh, okay. 27 episodes. Season four had what? 41 episodes in it. Yeah. And season three had 47. So that's what I mean by, you know, the hardest is behind us. I gotcha. We're also past the halfway mark. We are. Yeah. Uh, This time we're talking about the first seven uh, episodes of season five. So if you want to check those out, uh, they they are available on DVD uh, in the the big box set. Or if you have the old season five set, they're in there. They're not in the right order. Which is very common for Lionsgate. Yeah. And even even websites, when they're like cataloging which ones go first and which ones go second and whatnot. The Turtlepedia has them done by year. Like the episode, like season five is the 1991 year, but there were technically episodes in season four that didn't air until 1991. But we've already watched those because we watched them with season four. So, so it is just a mess. Figuring out what to watch was kind of a mess. Yeah. But these are episodes 501 through 507. There you go. Uh, and all of them aired within like a month of each other. Actually, within like three weeks of each other. Yeah, because this is the when they moved uh, to CBS and you would get two episodes back to back every Saturday. Yep. Yeah, it's fascinating that they, they CBS was just burning through these things, man. It was it was insane. Like these are the episodes that I remember the most because I actually recorded these on VHS back in the day. Oh, nice. Um, so they're probably still around here somewhere. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. You know, uh, that means they have commercials. Uh, no, I would cut the commercials out. Oh, then there's no value in them, Jeff. Well, you know. I, I tried to fit as much stuff on the VHS tapes as possible, but I should have, you know, had all the commercial breaks. I'm kidding. Like, I'm sure you use them a lot. Uh, but now there's, you know, I, I watch them on Vudu. That's that's the way I watch them. They still have they still have some of the artifacts from the, you know, the old animation cells. Yeah, but, but they are in the correct order. 
yeah, in Vo- Von Voodoo, they are in the correct order, and you can buy them season five. And there's there's still some weird episodes in that bundle, but they're in the right order. What's really what what well what is really weird though that costs you more to buy them digitally than it does the DVD set, which is like twenty four bucks for one hundred and ninety three episodes. That's true. It it does cost well. It does cost more, but it not nearly as much as you would think. Like if you wanted to buy the whole thing, usually it's on sale for like 40, 50 bucks. Really? I thought it was like 10 bucks a season. That's regular price. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's often on sale for half price, like very often. Or as we've said before, just buy the DVD set, link it with your Walmart whatever. And then it automatically gives you a digital copy of those in your voodoo. Then you can throw the DVD set into the ravine. Or put it on your shelf. (laughs) Or pack it away and keep it because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about my brother, the bad guy. Is he really a bad guy, though, Sergio? He seemed very nice to me. I I think the brother they're referring to is is the Shredder. Oh, I was talking about your real brother. Oh, no, my brother's he's the good guy. He, okay. I am the bad guy. In that scenario. Yeah. Does he, does he have facial hair, too? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, we're not twins. No. Uh, my brother, the bad guy. A family secret is revealed when Lieutenant. Kazo Saki of the Tokyo Metropolitan Police arrives from Japan to arrest his brother Oroku Saki, who turns out to be the turtle's greatest enemy. Shredder and Krang manage to get the Technodrome out of Dimension X and back to Earth again, but Donatello reprograms it to crash in the Arctic. Arctic? Arctic? Arctic. 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 Is there an extra C in there? Is it Arctic? I've never read it as that. It is. It's Arctic. Uh, well, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, so, yeah, we're just going to the first thing I want to mention here is Lieutenant Kazusaki. That's not how Japanese names work. No. <laughs> it, it should be. Like Uroku something. Am I right? Eh, you know, what do you mean? Um, you can't have them both named Oroku. That's their last name, though. That's their surname. Their surname isn't Saki. Um, and, well, no, am I wrong? I think so. Like, t- take uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. The name that he would pass down to his children would be Shigeru, not Miyamoto. Miyamoto is basically his first name. Oh, yeah, because it, it is backwards. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot they did that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I, like, I knew I wasn't crazy. So, like, it should be Uroku something. Yeah. Uh, but instead, they're both first names Saki, which obviously this is, you know, American kids cartoon. So they wanted to line it up with American American naming traditions it's just if you know anything about it 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 doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. uh another thing that stood out in this episode for me is at the beginning of every season 
or at the end of every season, the Technodrome finds a way to go somewhere else. Yeah. And this this time they're in they're in the Arctic. Mm hmm. So uh, that's that's how you can tell what season. Th- that's how you can tell when there's an episode five season. It's because the Technodrome is in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. What do you think of my brother, the bad guy? I enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, we get that, you know, much better animation quality. Um, it mirrors the opening. Um, so it's, you know, at least a good chunk of these are consistent with that, you know, much better quality, uh, more detail. Um, and we had a, a fair amount of action in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it's it's still just action in a kid's show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really appreciated there being a character that was related to the Shredder. Yeah. And just and, a total stuffed shirt. <laughs> what? Stuffed shirt? I don't know. Just a, just a stuck up. I don't know. I don't I don't. I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's like he's definitely straight laced. He is a full on police. That's officer. what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> Could not think of the term. <laughs> he's a stuffed shirt, you know, like a scarecrow. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically being, you know, the the, the other side of the coin where he is a cop and he's trying to arrest his brother. That that's a good pitch. Yeah. You know, you can easily write an episode around that that idea. And and I feel like they succeeded in doing so. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the added bonus is the Technodrome stuff. Oh, they, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I also I like that it's not just a Shredder episode. They they didn't think of some, you know, oh, the Shredder is trying to get energy by doing this. This is it's the Shredder. In like it ties into his backstory, so it makes sense for it to be a Shredder episode. Yeah. So. But, but then they tack on, oh, you know, we need this ultimate power source thing. Yeah, yeah, that that is always their mo. But at least there was a story reason for him to be in it, and for it to be a Shredder episode. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else for my brother, the bad guy? Um. Let's see. Oh, so in in the episode, Shredder breaks into this like Ninja Hall of Fame uh, museum and steals the sacred book. And it's like, what was what was that? All, what was all that for? Uh, just to bring the Kojima brothers back to life as holograms to basically stall the turtles and, you know, uh, keep them from interfering with what he's doing. Yeah. When he showcases them in front of Bebop and Rocksteady. He asks them, them to bring in the dummies. He's like, but we're already here, boss. I'm like, not you, dummies, the other dummies. It's very and self-aware. It is great. And so when they bring the the turtle, the stuffed turtle dummies, they're all four wearing red masks. Yeah, I noticed that. Which I thought was a nice, nice little touch there. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the the holograms are basically solid sentient beings. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but sometimes they do that in stuff. So yeah, 
I was like, that's not quite how holograms work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was a fun episode. It starts out with Don Teller having a new snack-making machine and makes peanut butter broccoli popcorn. I'm like, no, no. Stick to terrible pizza toppings. Peanut butter. I don't, I don't know. I'd eat. I'd try it. Eh. Like, those, those three ingredients aren't completely terrible. Like... Spreading some peanut butter on broccoli doesn't sound bad. It would definitely make it edible. I mean, you, you put know, cheese on it. Yeah. Like, cheese on broccoli is good. So, peanut butter on broccoli could be good. Yeah, it could. So, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, you ready to move on to the second episode? Yes. Okay. This one is Michelangelo meets Mondo Gecko. Side note. As a child, because I never saw this episode as a child, uh, and every time I saw Mondo Gecko's name, I misread it as Mondo Gecko. Because <laughs> I was a dumb kid. Kind of like... <laughs> kind of like uh, in in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. For years as a child, it was the, the uh, Chaos Emeralds. The Chaos Emeralds. Or the Chaos. It, it, I said it wrong for years until someone said, dude, that's chaos. Oh, that's great. It's, it's just chaos. Oh, so uh, it's, like, it's like saying Paschetti. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Michelangelo's strange dreams lead him to seek out Mondo Gecko, a lizard, a lizard who was caught in the same ooze as the turtles. Gecko eventually rebels against his boss, Mr. X. And uh, and his bombing campaign. I love that this was not a Shredder episode, and I loved this episode. I did too. Um, I again, like I have the fondest memories of of these episodes because I would sit there and just watch. You know, I'd flip back and forth. You know, you know what's on what channel, and um, I would usually, you know watch turtles and like arguably i would say the fifth season is is one of the better uh seasons because you get you get a bit more action um and the turtles look a little bit you know more muscular um leaner um and this episode i distinctively remember watching and i think not too long after it aired i actually was at a walmart and picked up the mondo toy well, that's cool. Yeah, so I still have like a I got a big plastic tub, and there's like all my Ninja Turtles toys are in there. Accessories? Now that's another story altogether. I don't know. <laughs> Those maybe. disappeared decades ago. <laughs> yeah, maybe his skateboard's in there. Maybe it's not. Uh, funny, funny you mentioned the action figure. Uh, there's a few characters in this season that are you know directly based off action figures and a lot of the action figures were released in uh the, like the year before the episodes like this one uh M- muckman and uh mutagen man and i got all three of those yeah i i i did too i think 1991 might be the height of my ninja turtles fandom as a kid yeah yeah because th- let's see, that was what that was the year um, Secret of the Use came out. Hmm. So that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah, all of that makes sense. I would have been eight, which is prime, prime age for the original cartoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mr. X seemed like a vampire. (laughs) I got that in my notes. But they never actually mentioned he was a vampire. I mean, he 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 talked with a very strange lisp, like a like a character out of a uh, um, a Mel Brooks movie. <laughs> that's a we- that's a weird pull. I was thinking like a f- like a like a faux Vincent Price, kind of like he reminds me of the executioner from uh, uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, okay, that's that's what you mean by Mel Brooks. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I just, it's. You could have done anything with this this character. Why is he like a fake vampire? I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say Dime Store Dracula is another good. You know, that that'd be a good band name. Ooh yeah, yeah. But you could only perform at night. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, there's I guess there are if you're playing clubs, you're playing at night. So that 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 works. Yeah, it's 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 a cool episode. Yeah. And and it's 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 cool that Mondo, you know, was there when they were mutated. It's weird that Mr. X only took Mondo. Yeah. Instead of taking everyone involved. Uh I mean, Shredder probably chased him away. Shredder wasn't there. He spilled the uh, he spilled the ooze. But it went down in the sewer. It did. Yeah, I don't know. Also, did you notice the 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 ooze was green? It was. Yeah, previously in the series it was oh, pink. 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 Yeah, like yeah. A pinkish purple. Well, they made all those like different color ooze things. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 once the first movie came out, it, and and you know, green ooze was established as being Ninja Turtles, you know, like a Ninja Turtles thing. Of course, they changed it in the cartoon, but yeah, early on it was it was it was like a purplish pink. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of situations where good guys start off as bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, like that happens very frequently in the show, and and Mondo Gecko is is just another one in the line of people that do that. Yeah, it's it's really cool uh, dynamic. Yeah, let's see. Do you have anything else? Mm, I, oh man, we got some we got some weird turtle toppings again. We got hot oatmeal pizza. I'm like, no, no thanks. I'm good. I'd eat sad. I would eat that too. I don't want my i don't want like runny snot on my pizza i don't know about you but just ugh. tomato sauce is just red snot jeff hey look that's delicious red snot there's this other <laughs> white snot i'm just not fond of what about cream cheese on your pizza sergio uh i think i might have had that okay one day we're gonna make gross pizzas and we're gonna eat them the cream cheese cream cheese like is a dessert pizza that sounds but yeah how do you think? How do you think? Um, is this the first time we've seen April's news bike, or was did that show up in other episodes? I don't know. That's a good question. So I, I want to say it showed up in the one where 
Leonardo was like so thought they thought he was an alien. It might have. I don't. I don't remember. It's been a while. You, remember, you know that one episode that Michael Bay watched that thought you know the turtles were aliens. Um. <laughs> um. Well, we also get some more turtle blimp action. Um. I love the moment where Mikey tracks Mondo down. Uh, to the to their hideout, their warehouse. He fights with the uh, you know the hired you know muscle, and uh, they capture him, and they're about to throw him to the sharks. And he's like, why? Is, why do warehouses always have trap doors? I was like, well, they also have sharks too. <laughs> the, the better question is, why do warehouses have sharks? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just readily, just on hand. Just in case somebody breaks in. Have yeah yeah. Why that? You know how much? Do you know how much maintenance that is? A lot of maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else for Mon- Michelangelo meets Mondo Gecko. Yeah. yeah Mondo Gecko. Mondo Gecko. This was a this was a really fun episode. Um, and this is like, I know this is like. I just kind of get the feeling that like Mr. X was kind of modeled off of, and I'm probably wrong about this, but we never got to see what Dr. Claw looked like, but later on there were like designs of like a toy and he had like that haircut and you actually saw what he looked like. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'd rather not know what he looks like. Yeah. Dr. Claw was always cool because you didn't know what he looked like. Yeah. He could have been anybody. Mm. Let's move on. Episode 503, the third episode of the season, Enter Mutagen Man. A delivery man. Toy number two. Yeah, yeah. A delivery man accidentally falls into Krang's new unstable mutagen and becomes able to transform into anyone he chooses. Shredder tricks him into helping him launch the mutagen into space. And mutate the world, but this Mutagen Man has other ideas. Mutagen Man, I had completely forgot that he could change shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, like I remember watching it as a kid, but I did not remember that he could change shape, which adds a completely new layer of how weird that character is. It really does. But it services great for a story because you can literally do anything with it yeah yeah it, it it very much turns into a oh wait a minute you're not michelangelo you know it, it at that point it's kind of a trope yeah like an invasion of the body snatchers type deal yeah yeah not that that's a bad thing it's it, especially in a kid's show it's just once you create a character that can shapeshift there are dozens of different instances where you can use that to build your story. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Dave Wise did a good job, you know, crafting one. Oh, definitely. His stuff, I love his episodes. Uh, Yeah, and the delivery man was, like, super nerdy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Voiced, I believe, by Rob Paulson. Uh, We can check that. Mutagen Man was... Voiced by Rob Paulson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, or as as he's cleverly named, as usual, Seymour Guts. 
That's so good. Yeah, this is another another character who starts off as a bad guy and then realizes, wait a minute, I'm a bad guy? Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got any nuggets for this one? Um, I, uh, yeah, there's some. Um, the creation of Mutagen Man is quite disturbing and disgusting. <laughs> it really is, man. Like, in that, in that, like, big bin of Mutagen, you just see four limbs floating. Oh, it's like, man, like, wait, what? <laughs> This is a kid's show? Just, I I couldn't, like, even re-watching it tonight, like, what am I looking at? I had to, I had to like, back it up a little bit just to make sure. I'm like, yeah, they, they tore him to pieces. How did this get past the censors? How? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not wrong. It's it is really disturbing. They murder this guy. And every time there's a creation of Mutagen Man, it's always pretty disturbing, right? It is. I feel like they can get away with it in this episode because by the end of it, he is back to being human. Yeah, but not his, uh, you know, n- you know, dork self. He turns into none other than Rico Suave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot like Back to the Future, where at the end of Back to the Future, it's like, oh, we changed everything, and everything's better now, you know? And he's got a date with April. Yeah. But... It's very much in a, a story of the 80s, or, or I guess early 90s, and I think that's why they get away with it, because he returns to human form. Like, if he was just irreparably turned into this monster... I feel like that would be they would deem that as more disturbing. Yeah. But I could be wrong. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's kind of like how can how can parents be okay with skateboarders falling off of skateboards and flipping over six times in Tony Hawk's like, oh, well, there's no blood, so it's fine. Yeah. There's no consequences to what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anything else before we move on? Uh, let's see. Oh, this is like, so, uh, so back in the day, you, to, to get animation out quickly, you, you know, they would, they would, you know, go to, you know, overseas studios and stuff. And so time was a factor. And so you would get stuff back that sometimes would result in errors, like, you know, four turtle, five turtles being on screen or the turtles all having red bandanas, which at the time, it's it's not an error in continuity, but in the cartoon, it was definitely I was like, wait, why do they all have? OK, so when Seymour is is sneaking in um, to uh, one of the buildings to get the. What's the name of that stuff that he's looking for? The mutagen? No, it's not mutagen. It's um, a bindex. It, it sounded like something like that, yeah. Three or something. Um, let's see. Yeah, Bind X3. And he's like, how am I going to get in here? And he sees the chief of police walking around, and then there are two guards. There's a young dude and an old dude at the front. And so he walks in right through the front door, 
and then he goes into the lab. It's the same guys from the front. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you guys get in here? Aren't you supposed to be at the front? Unless maybe, this is a clone lab. Maybe they just look similar. No, they are dead on. It's it's exactly the same dudes. <laughs> it, there is no mistake. Um, and eventually we get a um a turtles versus a Krang android fight, which was really cool. Yeah. Um. To see. Um. Other than that, I uh, I don't have any other uh, little nuggets there. But that the 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 guards, the identical guards, that was just that was crazy. All right, let's move on. Okay. The next episode is Donatello's bad time. Donatello has tricked out the turtle van, but while taking it for a test drive, it's stolen from him by a family of robbing hillbillies. Can we say hillbillies? Yeah. Anymore? That's a, that's still yeah, hillbillies. Okay. Yeah. Hillbillies. Uh, can Donatello get the van back in time before his brothers find out? So I'm just going to be honest. I was not a huge fan of this episode. Yeah. Uh, the hillbillies got on my nerves and the like it was it was held together by kind of like a flimsy. Oh, I don't want my brothers to find out. Oh, I don't want my brothers to find out like that trope only takes you so far in the episode. And mm-hmm. I feel like it they tried to take it too far. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Um, it's like there's like an episode of the 60s Batman where they he kind of fights hillbillies. And I'm like, really? So maybe that's an homage to it. But I'm just like, eh, they're just not very good characters. You know, they 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 could have easily made the characters like, you know, some kind of like big crook, big time crooks or something like that. Gangsters, whatever, that need to rip off the turtle van to, you know, to, you know, go on a crime spree. Yeah, it it doesn't make too much sense for there to be a gang of hillbillies in the middle of New York. Yeah. And they might have, you know, said something about it at the beginning of the episode to try to write it into the story. It's like, oh, we're visiting from Tennessee. But like, ew. Yeah. Just ew. And I'm not saying that because I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, they offended my people. No, it's it's just. It seems like a lazy characterization of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I I did like his the, the tricked out turtle van, and I wish that they had used it more. Yeah, I do think the ice cream cover was kind of dumb because I'm like, hey, is that the turtle van with just an ice cream cover over it? You know, camouflage. You know, camouflage. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. Um, but you know, it, I do like seeing like you know new new updates and new gadgetry. You know, uh, added to the turtle van or new things that it can do, because you know, you like to see that instead of just like kind of the same old thing. Like, oh, what do we got this week? 
you know? Yes. Uh, when, when he, the, the, the one gadget didn't make, make any sense was when it got skinny and went through like a small alley. Yeah. How do you shrink your engine? That just doesn't sound, seem viable. Like, even if you are able to shrink the, the vehicle itself, do you just crush your bones as you get, you know, go through there? That's a very good question. Yeah. It's not a question you should be asking a kid's show from the 90s, but, you know, no. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you got any nuggets? Mm, not really. There's, a, like, a slight change in the art style. I mean, that's that's going to happen all throughout this, but, you know, primarily usually stays pretty consistent, um, throughout. Okay. Let's move on to a fun episode. Yeah. Michelangelo meets Bugman again. Again. When the city is hit with a sudden termite infestation, the only superhero who can help Bugman is too at peace with himself to aid the turtles in defeating it. We know Bugman from pre- like previous episodes, I believe last season, season four, or at least one episode in season four. I believe it was Michelangelo meets Bugman. Mm-hmm. And he's just your resident superhero who is a regular dude. And when he, you know, he, he when he hulks out, he turns into a Bugman. One of the most disgusting looking characters on television at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't they didn't make a Bugman action figure, did they? I don't think they did. I think they did. Did they? I'll I'll be looking that up. I would love to see it. Uh maybe it think? was like a maybe it was like a fan made one. I know we got a NECA coming. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. we have one yet. Yeah, he's coming. Um, what'd you think of of this Bugman adventure? So I think it's a very, like, I, again, I remember watching this one like a lot and like the whole premise of like this just uber nerd trying to get rich off of the Ninja Turtles and like turning them into a comic because he did that to Bugman and he ruined his life. I'm like, that's terrible, you know? But isn't that fandom? <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that that's you know, absolutely fandom. You know. Um. But uh, yeah, this was a this was a really fun episode. Um. The the guy that was trying to uh find out everything about the turtles was called Jerry Spiegel. Uh, which pretty sure is a take on Jerry Siegel, creator of Superman. Okay. Oh, okay. I see. Good catch. Good catch. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, yeah. Um, I would say, co- sorry, co-creator of Superman. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> when he became the swatter persona, persona, um, I believe that's Voiced by Townsend Coleman, because it sounds like Townsend. Let's see. I like this game. Like, J- Jeff uses his uh his ears to figure out who played a character, and then I go in and verify it. 
You said Townsend Coleman? Yep. That is in... Wait. Yes. No. Wait. Yep. Yes, he played the swatter. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Uh, I just learned some stuff about... About uh, Bugman. Okay. So, did you know that Michael Dooney's nickname is Bugman? Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I... I, I I don't know the reason for it. I and I don't think this character was named Bugman because of Michael Dooney, but apparently the scrapped uh fourth Turtles movie that was originally going to be called The Foot Walks Again, which I'm sure we'll talk more in detail about later. There was a character in it that was going to be named Bugman. And that character was named after Michael Dooney. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the, there's actually a couple of con- concept images on the uh, the Turtlepedia. Apparently he was going to be a, a, a human cyborg. Whoa. Yeah. Wild. Uh, I'm going to be reading up on this. This seems cool. Yeah, Bugman, I, I'm really surprised he hasn't shown up in other stuff. I'll give it time. <laughs> Give it time. Just mind the depths of turtle turtle fiction. Uh, I think one of the the funnest part of the episodes, and I don't know if it's really aged that well, but he's at peace. So he, he you know he doesn't get mad. He doesn't turn into Bugman anymore. He refuses to help because that's just not his 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 bag. But as soon as he finds out April O'Neil's in trouble. Homie was real quick to get angry. Yeah, and then she shows up and kind of ruins the whole thing. Like, oh, dang it. Yeah, and then he immediately gets mad at her. Yeah, because he's like, I love how she just trolled him. Yeah. Like, he's 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 wearing this, like, weird, like, it's not a toga, but, like, he might as well be looking like, you know, one of the ancient Romans. He's like, why are you dressed... And somebody's like dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah. Like April O'Neil just shows up throwing jabs at this dude for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And he's like, what? Me? No. And then he gets angry and then he turns into Bugman anyway, which I really, really, I really, really like that. Because, that was really good. Yeah, it was it was fine because it wasn't just, oh, I'm here to save the lady. It was. The lady's like, hey, you suck. <laughs> yeah, and, like, why are you in a, a pile of unwashed sheets? Yeah. It's like, it's like that, these, are the, these are the garbs of someone who has uh, achieved tranquility. I'm like, you know, it seemed very tranquil to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it was my favorite part of the episode, without a doubt. Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, I just still can't. Oh, just disgusting transformation bug man just, uh, yeah yeah i it's yeah it's I, I, he only showed up in two episodes <laughs> probably um i don't see an action figure so i don't think they ever made one i was looking at stuff today and i i could swear that i had come across uh like a fan like a really nice fan made uh figure um, I just can't remember where I saw it, 
But yeah, we're getting just like the regular NECA figure. So he's getting his first ever action figure. Yeah. And he looks pretty good. He mm-hmm. looks pretty good. Well, you know, by Bugman standards. Right. Uh, you got anything else? Mm, no, that's about it. Okay. Next up is Muckman Messes Up. It is the uh, sixth episode. An accident causes two garbage men to mutate into Muckman and Joe Eyeball. Uh, Muckman's slime is found to weaken the turtles, and Shredder tricks him into working with him. Yet another character who is a bad guy, and then he's a good guy. That's like, what, three in six episodes? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a trope they use too much. Just gonna say it. I really liked Joe Eyeball. Yeah. And I feel like in the grand scheme of Turtles characters, Joe Eyeball does not get enough, like, does not get enough attention. Yeah. Muckman typically gets the attention. What'd you think of this one? Well, I also have this toy. Yes, I, um, I, had, I had I think I might have it again, but I definitely had it as a kid. What'd you think of the episode? I enjoyed this episode. It's definitely um, it's it's one of those where it's almost like a kryptonite episode where uh, Muckman like his when he's his his slime. It's like when he's around the turtles, like it like it weakens them. Yeah, which that seemed a bit forced. Yeah, but sure. Why not? I mean, you got to do something because they don't have many weaknesses. Well, pizza. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) just pizza. Like, I I just don't feel like you had to do that. Like, Muckman's an interesting enough character that you don't have to write this weird kryptonite ish story. I think it worked. I think it worked fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this episode just lives on the strength of the characters. Not the Turtles or April O'Neil or Shredder and Krang. The strength of Muckman and Joe Eyeball. Yeah. The art style was a little off in this one, too. I didn't see it. Maybe, maybe I just don't have a trained eye. I mean, I have four of them, so. Oh, you're a Ooh. nerd. Are you a nerd, Jeff? I can tell by your glasses. Just now discovering it? <laughs> yeah, I... This is... I'm not complaining about the way Muckman looks, but I was way more familiar with the action figure than I was of uh, him in the show. Yeah. So, like, my times seeing the episode, I was always disappointed because the Muckman action figure is one of the most detailed figures in the old Playmates line. Like, it's very distinct, very in-your-face. It's it's one that, you know, my mom probably bought and was like, oh, check out how ugly this one is. You're going to love it. Yeah. He was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And I just don't feel like they captured the... Uh, the vivid nature of that that action figure in the show. I know there's so, there's only so much they can do in animation in the early 90s, but 
I, I guess Playmates just knocked it out of the park with the figure. Yeah. Um, my favorite part, Joe Eyeball macking on Irma. Oh, yeah. I mean, Irma would literally date anything. <laughs> we know this. She tried to date Bigfoot. I mean, you know, you, you name it. Yeah. She's always looking for love. Yeah. Let's see. What This episode ended with them still being Muckman and Joe Eyeball, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Joe Eyeball doesn't even get to go on a date. Nope. Like, if they if they changed back, him and Irma could be a thing. He just didn't think about it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I got this figure. Like, I either, like, saw it and, like, oh, yeah, I need that disgusting-looking thing. Or it was given to me. I don't know. It's one of those things. <laughs> it, it was labeled Ninja Turtles, and someone bought it for you. That's Maybe. that's probably how it worked. Probably so. Yeah, I I don't know. The, the characters are great. I just don't like the way Mugman looks. Yeah. I don't like it. Like, his lips also look like a mustache. Huh. Yeah. I always was mad that the action figure that Joe Eyeball was just monochrome. Yeah, they could have put some more into it. Yeah. But that cost extra. I know. Muckman, the the action figure of Muckman also was really good at standing up because he had the the sewer sewer lid as a foot. Yeah. So, like, you could stand him up anywhere. Mm -hmm. In any position. He was like the opposite of Shredder. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you ready to move on, or do we have some uh, some nuggets, some 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 cheeky nuggets? Um. Oh, we had a pretty good fight. Like they te- the they teleported into the Technodrome. Oh yeah, they did. And they like fought some freaking foot soldiers for once. That's like the first time in like three seasons the foot soldiers have shown up. It was pretty great. Now. The the Super Seven and the the NECA figures uh, that have come out, uh, Joe Eyeball is the correct color. Oh, well that that's a welcome to change. Yeah, don't Good you have new Super Seven? Don't you have the NECA Muckman? Uh, oh yeah, I have the NECA one. Yeah, yeah, he he does look right there, but you know, as a kid. I was like, I was unreasonably upset that he just looked like an accessory. Yeah. Joe eyeballs, just a gun. Like what? A sludge sludge Zuka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to the last episode that we watched. Napoleon Bonafrog, Colossus of the Swamps. Uh, Where are we? While testing an experimental muta shooter. Invented by Krang, Shredder unexpectedly turns Napoleon Bonafrog into a muscular, monstrous version of himself. Basically, yeah, yeah, basically the Hulk. A little frog Hulk. Okay, a couple of things. couple of things. Muta Shooter, great name. Yeah. Uh, they could have made that like an epic water gun. Or a slime gun. Uh, slime wouldn't have worked too well back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a new thing. But I mean, they could have made the housing all green. 
like that you could see and it looks like you have green liquid in there that all oh, that would be all right NECA what shooter since when does NECA make water guns whoever makes the super soaker <laughs> if you're listening and you work for super soaker and Nickelodeon will be glad we'll be glad to license the Ninja Turtles to you they do it to everybody yes uh another thing why was Shredder in the swamp? It, like, why was he surprised when he oh, came across? Oh, he was he was wasn't he collecting like leftover ooze like stuff from the swamp? Oh, that's what it was. Why did he seem surprised when he came across the frogs that he mutated in the swamp that he was standing in? Probably forgot about it. That it it's okay. And, and he refers to them as the punk frogs, which that's what they are. They're the punk frogs. But there's literally nothing punk about the frogs. No. If anything, they should be cowboy frogs or or surfer frogs. Yeah. Or whatever. This isn't the episode for that discussion. But uh, overall, I don't have much for this one. What, what do you have anything for this for this one? This was just a goofy, fun episode. Um, the animation style is kind of back on track um, with this one. Um, sort of. Um, Shredder is voiced by Jim Cummings in this episode, who does a great job. I noticed that. Um, you know, I never really noticed any other series that kind of had like voice stand-ins. Other than Turtles. And I'm sure there were, but like off the top of my head, I can't think of any at the moment that would like sometimes you would have Donatello's voice, you know, uh, be changed out or Leo or whatever. Uh, Well, no, it was just Donatello, I think. And then Splinter's voice would be changed out some. Yeah. Um, Maybe due to, you know, somebody being sick that day or, you know, whatever, you know, maybe recorded one too many episodes or something or had something else to record. Um, which is entirely possible when you're churning out episodes like <laughs> freaking water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it makes sense that they swapped a few a few people out or gave some people a break. Yeah. But no, this was, this was a fun episode. Um, you know, just seeing hooked out Napoleon, which we are getting an action figure. Yes, we are. And I had never seen this episode for the record. Yeah. So when I saw, when they announced the action figure, I was like, I didn't see that. I, I, you know, it's like, did all of them become hulky? No, apparently just one. Yeah. You know, that, that, that cost more money. (laughs) So now I understand the action figure and it's cool that it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> On vacation, Bebop and Rocksteady figures coming soon. Yeah. I really like their 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 act their vacation threads. They look like they're going to like some weird theme park that's not Disneyland. <laughs> so Universal? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Um I don't have anything else. Yeah, like it's 
Like, it's a fun episode. I wouldn't say it's really a standout episode, though. Yeah. You know, it it it's definitely second to the 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 the, the previous Punk Frogs episode. Mm-hmm. And are the are these the only two times they show up? Like their debut and then this? Or has there been a third one? I think there's a third one, right? They show up a couple of times. Let's see. I wish that was some. Oh, here we go. Um. Oh no, they've been in a few. They were in Invasion of the Punk Punk Frogs, Leatherhead. T- Terror of the Swamp, uh, Big Bug Blunder. Yeah, that's the one where they got the <laughs> he got his tongue stuck on the bug in the sky. Uh, and then there's a couple we haven't watched yet, yeah. including a Dirk Savage episode. Ooh, yeah. So this should be fun. Uh, yeah, it was just seven episodes this time. I, I decided to break uh, season five into three chunks rather than two. Okay. Because two would have put us at watching ten episodes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we need to be going through them that quick. No. So I, I enjoyed these se- these seven. It's wild to think that all of this aired, or most of it aired in September of 91. Like, That's just so insane. Yeah. September 14th, September 21st, September 28th, and then October 5th. That's it. Four weeks. Like, most other shows were like an episode every Saturday or, you know, or just, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, like you're right. Like, let's just look at this from like a business sense. So CBS, they purchased 20 episodes for this season. 20 episodes. Instead of having 20 weeks worth of content, they had 10 weeks. That, that is a month and a half. The season started September 14th and ended November 16th. That's insane. Yeah. Like, why? Why? I, I really don't know. If somebody out there that does know, I'm I'm very curious to find out. But I think it was all about, you know, how much money can we squeeze from this? Yeah, I, I, I guess they were maybe they were just just concerned that the Turtles fad would not last very long. I mean, that's certainly possible because there's a lot of shows that did not have this this type of longevity. Um, Some lasted like 13 episodes. Some didn't even get, you know past a first season it just really you know depends like for example like the rambo uh cartoon got like 60 something episodes that was it yeah yeah uh robocop the animated series got 13 like 12 or 12 or 13 episodes and they had a toy line too both of those did glancing at season six uh they didn't do that for season six for season six they started in september September 12th, 1992, and they ran one per week until December 26th of 2002, and that's only 16 episodes. So they had more content for longer – not more content, but they had a a longer tail on the content in season six than they did in season five with less episodes. And I'm sure – I'm sure it – 
in season six, they were probably playing a rerun after. Oh, more than likely. Yeah, right after the new one. Um, and I'm sure Playmates loved that because they were selling action figures based on all this stuff. So it was just a constant stack of money being passed around from the action figures and the shows and the merchandising and, and everything. So, hmm. I don't know when we're going to talk about these again because we had a lot of stuff lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope soon because I, I really enjoyed uh, revisiting and watching these. Some of these I've seen a lot of, a lot of times, so it was like a breeze. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. It won't be it, it won't be forever, obviously. Um, any final words before we uh, shut this baby down? It's just a wonderful stroll down memory lane because I've, I've watched these so much and it just kind of just that nostalgia just wraps me like a warm blanket. It, the the season, you know, they're, they're, it's getting a bit more and there's still comedy, but you know, there's also some, some more, more action than we've gotten, you know, before. So that's always nice uh, to see. And the turtles seem a little bit more sure of themselves. Um, maybe, a, maybe a, a little bit more because in that first season they they really were, and that's what I liked the most about that. Um, instead You're of right. screwing up so much and like you you see that in season two, so it's kind of nice to see them kind of get back to that. And it and we, I mainly attribute attribute that to David Wise's writing. Uh, well, he didn't write a whole bunch of episodes this season. Well, you know, the ones that he did. Yeah. Well, the the writing is just better. Yeah, it is. As soon as CBS took over, the writing was much more I, flat makes it sound bad. But it, when I say flat, I mean consistent. Yeah. Uh, and, and the writing this season is very consistent. It is still full of, you know, tropes that you've seen before. But you know what to expect out of these. It's not as off the wall as season three and four, which were, you know, mostly syndicated. And oddly enough, that's when I watched most of these episodes. Like most of my Ninja Turtle watching was done in the morning before school. My, my mom would drop me off. Yeah. My mom would drop me off at my aunt's house. And while, you know, they all slept and until it was time for, you know, to, to drive to school, I would just watch Ninja Turtles. And at some point, I had seen every one of them that was in syndication. Once it jumped over to CBS, the amount of episodes that I watched was kind of spotty because you had to be home on Saturday. You know, had to be home Saturday morning. And I don't I don't think I was that much like I was like I've seen a lot of these episodes, but there's a lot I'd never seen before. And that's that's really cool. Like I. I like that because we're both getting to kind of experience um, that for the first time. Yeah. Because yeah. there's some that I, I, I haven't seen completely all the way through. Hmm. Well, Jeff, uh, I, I guess that leads us to our next segment. Next time on Shellheads. You forgot, didn't you? You forgot what the segment was? I did. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. It's still new. It's seriously still getting used to it. You get used to it. Uh, next time, we are talking about 
video games. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we're going to cover a slice of video games history. Uh, it's during our phase two. So d- during the time when Peter Laird still owned the Turtles, it was let's see. We've we talked about the Konami years, like the, the later Konami years. Konami lost the video game license around the year 2006, 2005, somewhere in there. And Ubisoft picked it up. They had it for three years, 2007 through 2009. And they made some games. Yeah, they did. Uh, A surprising amount of them in that short amount of time. Uh, We are going to play all of them. At least chunks of them. We're not going to finish because a couple of those are real, real long. But we're going to touch all of these, and that's what we'll talk about next time. Fantastic. Back, back in Jeff's wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, all this is in my freaking wheelhouse, but the games, you know. It's like your wheelhouse's wheelhouse. Yes. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Jeff, what are you going to be doing between now and then? Well, Sergio, I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brennan, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, we have uh, retro and modern games to enjoy, uh, ranging from Neo Geo, PlayStation, Nintendo, uh, all kinds of stuff in between. Um, we're now on Twitch. What? Yeah, we have our own Twitch channel. All you have to do is go to twitch.tv backslash Warp Zone Arcade, all one word, and um, we try to stream stuff uh, usually every Saturday. Um, I'm toying with the idea of maybe doing some Warp Zone Wednesdays, and um, I'll uh, join in or I'll play some games, and uh, usually it's one of my friends that's uh, uh, playing just to kind of promote the place and show off what we have to offer, but we're going to jazz it up a little bit next week. Um, and uh, we also do uh, birthday parties, tournaments, uh, and uh, retro game restoration. That's like cartridge-based stuff. So um, if you'd like to, uh, you know, come join our, watch our Twitch stream, please do. I'm sure I'll stream Ninja Turtle stuff at some point. <laughs> um, and where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, well, instead of finding me, I want to point you again to, uh, Russ, uh, Russ is, we talk about Russ a lot on here, but, uh, his new Toxic Crusaders podcast. Um, I, what's the name of it? I should have been more prepared for this. It is the Toxic Crusaders podcast. Uh, the, we played an ad earlier. So if, if you if you missed the details on that, check it out. It's Lloyd Kaufman approved uh, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, he, he if and he was also the host of Tomes of Evil. Uh, we, we posted an episode of that uh, a couple of years back here when we were on his show. So you sh- I'm not saying you should be familiar with it already, but you might have heard one before on this feed. So if, if you're a fan of of early 90s weird action figures he's got you he's got your your hookup otherwise you can follow me on all socials under l-i-u-g-e-a-u-x 
that's all of them. Uh, and uh, also follow Shellheads Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. I finally connected both of those, so a lot of the stuff that hits Instagram should also hit Facebook if I'm doing it right. Nice. So yay there. Huzzah. I should do that probably with Warp Zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Send us a message. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting messages all the time, and I'm replying to them, so I might. Fantastic. <laughs> What's that? I might reply to a message here and there. That's right. You're you're more on face on on the Facebook messages. I'm on more on the uh, the Instagram messages. So yeah, because I don't have that password. So that's true. So so if you want to talk to Jeff about Ninja Turtles, message us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to talk to Sergio about Ninja Turtles, message us on Instagram. Yeah. If you want to that... follow Warp Zone, message us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitch. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Let's, let's shut this baby down. Uh, we will see you next time when we talk about video games. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.